0: It's an annual trip, and it's an annual discussion we have with my longtime friend, Charlie Bender, who at this moment is standing on the south rim of the Grand Canyon, ready to embark down to the Colorado River. Charles, good morning. Is it light out there yet? Good morning, Wayne. Oh, the sun, yeah, the sun's out. Oh,
1: yeah, the sun's yeah, been up for about a half hour now, I guess.
0: More than we can say here, it's cloudy now. So, for starters, tell me who is on this year's edition of the Grand Canyon Backpack.
1: Well, it's Jimmy and me and our friend Tim Wentworth, the three of us.
0: Don't you generally bring more than that, or have you done threesomes before?
2: Many uh, apply, but few actually do have the time to come out and do this.
0: So at this moment in time, are you actually standing on the south rim? Are you still in the hotel? What are you doing? No, we're
1: in the motel right now. We got to have breakfast yet. It's, it, don't forget, it's six o'clock here. It's...
0: All right. So then you go out to the. Uh, it's pretty much the east portion of the the Grand Canyon Park. Not the part that we left back in 20, uh, 2002, is it?
1: That's right. We're going to we're headed headed east, and we're going to put in at. Lippin Point is one of the first ones you get to if you come in through that, that entrance.
0: Now, when you guys took me in the canyon back in 2002, we went to Grandview Point and went down the trail to Horseshoe Mesa and then eventually Cottonwood Canyon, Grapevine Creek, and so forth and back up. You are doing the Tanner Trail down to the river, which we didn't make in 2002, and then upstream a little bit. This is a lot harder than the one you guys took me on 21 years ago, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that one we took on, you on was really a rookie trail.
0: I'm a rookie. <laughs> you need a rookie, you knew who to call. <laughs> All right, so why is this one harder?
1: This one's a lot steeper. It's not as uh, heavily traveled either. And then when we get down to the river, we're going to follow the Beamer Trail up to the confluence of the Little Colorado River. And that trail is even less used, and it's quite steep. Uh, well, on a on a side hill type of thing, we'll be running parallel to the river, and there's a lot of places where it's a lot of straight up and straight down on both sides
0: of you. Let me ask Jimmy this question: that I did my due diligence, I researched this trail, which I have not been on, so I don't know it. But from what I read, there's not a lot of water on this trail. So how do you compensate for that? When we did the hike, we always hiked to water. We had some water source. You don't have as much of that here except for maybe the Colorado River.
2: Well, we will be staying or, or we, we'll be stopping at Tana Rapids. That's uh, where the Tanner Trail ends. And then from there, we pick up the Beamer Trail. And there we have to get all our water source from the Colorado River, which we uh, noticed over the last two days it is extremely muddy right now, so apparently water is flowing in from the little Colorado. Usually when it's muddy, that's the source of the mud.
0: All right, can we bring on Tim Wentworth here, who you've uh, dragged along once again. Tim, how many years is this for the Grand Canyon backpack? This one's number six for me. Why did you do the prior five, and why are you doing number six? <laughs>
3: I, I did the prior five because I enjoyed each of them, and I'm doing this one because they lied to me and didn't tell me that this trail is like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah, they lied to me in 2002 also, but you know what? I live to tell a story, and it was an incredible experience. And uh, There were some tough times as far as the toll it takes on your body, but it, it's like the positives outweigh the negatives. Is that why you do it now for the sixth time?
3: That and the The cell phone sits up here for five whole days unused. It's bliss.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because we'll get an update from you guys when you come out five days down the road. But people might be saying, oh, why don't you talk to them when they're at the Colorado River, Charlie? That doesn't work, does it?
1: No, thank goodness it doesn't. You don't have to worry about taking cell phones or using them except to take pictures.
0: Does that mean you're bringing the cell phone just as a camera?
1: Yes. I do. Jimmy's got a camera. I take my phone, put it on airplane mode or shut it off altogether. And when I want to take a picture, I use it.
0: And what do you do when the battery runs out? Just plug it into a rock?
1: <laughs> I don't take any more pictures.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how it works out. For me, I brought my recorder and I interviewed you guys. We played it on the air a couple of times. It was a lot of fun to not just capture the emotions of what the moment was like in the canyon, but on day three that recorder broke. That cost me $400 to get replaced, but uh, nonetheless. Tim, when you flashback to your prior five times backpacking the Grand Canyon, what did you find to be the most difficult part of the five-day walk? And what was your favorite part of those prior walks?
3: So the uh, least favorite part would be the first time we went, I was not acclimated to the drop-offs and i was really nervous in a few places especially one where we were kind of there was a, a drop off and it was kind of windy um favorites on that exact same trail the next time i went on it uh the uh the spring where you where the water gushes down and you have a hole with a waterfall going into it and you just crawl into the hole after a few days without a bath and soak for a bit <laughs>
0: When you look back to those prior hikes, Tim, did you see much in the way of wildlife? Any critters out there in the Grand Canyon?
3: We have spotted on trips I've been on two rattlesnakes. (laughs) And I am hoping that the cycle doesn't repeat, because if it does, we're due. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, we saw a bighorn sheep.
1: Uh, Two of us did. We were on a, a, a little walk up one of the streams. And Jesse makes it, and I saw a bighorn sheep up there. That's the first time we had ever seen one.
0: Well, Jimmy, you may recall that in 2002, when we got to Grapevine Springs, we were there with Dawn Drum, and she went a ways up the canyon a bit to do her business. This is all on tape, by the way. This is actually played on the radio before. So there she is squatting on an area in the Grand Canyon, and as she's beginning the process, she looks down and sees a coiled rattlesnake. So my follow-up question on the interview to her was, did that expedite the process? And she says, no, everything's squeezed. And (laughs) she went elsewhere to finish the job. I didn't see the rattlesnake, but yeah, I know that they're out there as well. Uh, who's uh, who's the chef in charge here? I'd like to know what the dining options are and how they compare to the dining that we did back in 2002. I, I can't speak to what it was that you had to eat. Um, tuna wraps and tuna pita wraps, uh, oatmeal in the morning with decaf coffee. That's an important story. And then in the evening, uh, various kinds of uh, chow <laughs> culminating with the world-famous barnyard stew, which is basically whatever's left to throw in the pot and stir it up and eat it. How's that compared to what you've had, Tim?
3: So uh, we're, we're actually leaving a little later today because we're only going halfway down and staying tonight, so we're going to have a, a nice lunch and go out after lunch. So Charlie told me that I don't need to cook a big meal tonight, and then a few days later when I stopped at the station, he presented me with the recipe from the newspaper for the Central Grocery Muffaletta, so we will be preparing that this morning before we go, and that will be dinner tonight. And Tomorrow is, tomorrow is uh, beef with peppers and onions over spatzel, and then we got kielbasa and kraut with fried onions over mashed potatoes, and then we finish it up with uh, chicken with pesto parmesan cream sauce over tortellini.
0: Hey, I want to tell you that that's gourmet dining compared to what you guys fed me back in two thousand two. Have you like up the ante here on the dining part?
1: That's why we take Tim.
0: <laughs> oh, he, oh, I get it. He's the gourmet chef. Oh, now that that explains everything. And I mentioned the decaf coffee, uh, Jim. Two things about that. Number one, why decaf and why not high test? And number two, did you bring along enough foo foo coffee to last you five days?
2: Well, I, I brought the, uh, the, the
0: creamer yesterday, and I,
2: I got a whole big jar of that foo creamer. Everybody loves it now, Wayne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a big hit back in 2002. Hey, what's the weather forecast? you going to stay dry all week?
2: Well, in 2019, we tried this exact same hike and itinerary, and it rained the whole time. It literally washed us out of the canyon. We're doing the same one, and the weather forecast out here for the next five days is supposed to be beautiful.
0: Well, it was pretty nice when I did it with you back in 2002, but I remember that year when it rained, and it's an important part of the story. you got enough stuff to carry, including your dining stuff and your sleeping bag and sleeping rolls and stuff like that, that you really can't carry along shelter like a tent. So aren't you kind of taking a gamble at this point that you're not going to get wet? Or if you do, it's like, heh, it's part of the experience. Well, we always,
2: we don't take tents, but we always have a very large tarp that folds up and it's very lightweight, just in case we do get some sort of a shower.
0: I will go back to what Tim's talking about, that for me, I didn't expect this, but I found out live and living color, the toughest part of the five days was that first day. Why? You're going down what amounts to a double diamond ski trail. And it's really, really steep. And that whole way down, you are using your legs to break almost every step so you don't you know, get out of control. And it just kills your thighs and your calves. And Charlie can testify that I did a fair amount of conditioning before we went, but nothing in Connecticut can compare you for that first day going down. And then I'm down there in the canyon, we're going pretty level days two, three, and four, but the whole time I'm looking up the rim and I'm going, how am I getting out of here? Well, it was tough getting up because you're going up like 4,000 feet, switchbacks, things like that, but you're using different muscles. The thighs and the calves didn't bother me going up, which I thought they would. It was difficult getting up there, but I will tell you this, and Tim, you can maybe speak to this as well, that once you get to the rim, once you finish five days going down there, you realize what you've just accomplished. There was a feeling of euphoria that I had when I got to the rim, like I've had few times in my life, and isn't that one reason why you do this?
3: It absolutely is, and I remember very specifically the first time I went, looking up from the river at the rim and thinking to myself, if I had a month, there is no way I could do that. And still, yesterday we're, we're walking along and we're just, you know, touring around and having a look where we're going to be going, and I'm looking over the rim and I'm thinking, why would any sane person try to walk down there? <laughs>
0: <But>. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Jimmy, here's a question for you. I want to know if where you're going today on the Tanner Trail. Do they have a lot of Vishnu schist?
2: <laughs> no, uh, we, we will be very uh, uh, high up in the strata to, to reach the Vishnu schist. And Wayne, that isn't nice, you know.
0: <laughs> How about the uh, Coconino sandstone?
2: Oh, yeah, there'll be plenty of that, That because you go through that level uh, no matter where you hike down into the canyon. It's
0: so all things ge- geologically that we discussed in our five days back in 2002. And also, Jimmy, let me fire this one by you, too. Tell the folks what it's like being in the Grand Canyon at night. Well, if there is no moon,
2: you see virtually every star that's out there. It, they they come out, so you see stars we could never see back at home. And uh, in the evening, just after the sun sets, we usually count satellites going over. One time, we, we count as many as 27. Now, this height, we will be having pretty much a full moon. So it'll be very easy in the middle of the night when fellows of our age have to get up and relieve ourselves to see where we're going without a flashlight. It'll be, it'll be so bright from that that moon that you will see at home, too.
0: Yeah, the moon will be full on Friday, so that's uh, one reason. When we were there, I don't remember any moon at all. And remember that the, the, you guys go every year, so I'm sure that, Jimmy, you remember this, that when we were down there in the Grand Canyon with this incredible lack of any light pollution in all the stars and planets you can see, When we were there, there were five planets lined up in a row on the western horizon.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, We will have Venus in the evening, of course, and Mars is a little bit uh, further up. Uh, It's in the constellation Gemini right now. And in the morning, if we are careful, we might be able to see uh, Jupiter and Saturn.
0: All right, so you talked about the uh, cuisine on the actual hike. What is the cuisine the morning of the hike? Meaning, what's for breakfast today? We
2: have
1: got to go, with, we gotta go over to the cafeteria and see what
0: they got. So you don't know the answer for that yet. But I do remember when we got done, we went to a steakhouse and pigged out. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: That's pretty much an annual tradition for you guys. Charlie, Jimmy, how many times has this been that you do your annual trek down to the river? Well, not every year you get to the river, but most years you do. Down to the river and back.
2: This
0: is number 22. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Oh, one more thing that comes to mind is that on our hike, once you get down a couple thousand feet, in that case it was to Horseshoe Mesa, once you get below that, now you're not seeing the tourists anymore. I think that in the span of five days, once we got a couple thousand feet below the rim, we might have seen a total of 10 people. And that was something else that was really special about that. You've got this spectacular national park, the Grand Canyon. It's probably the most amazing place I've seen in my life, and I've seen plenty of cool stuff. But it's like you have that park to yourself. You're not sharing it with tourists and cameras around their neck and things like that. And boy, that really stands out to me as a special thing from hiking the Grand Canyon.
1: Actually, on this trip, we may not see anybody the whole trip.
0: Is that because it's a harder trail and the the uh, the, the riffraff doesn't go down that trail?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: You also talked about getting to the river and then hanging a right and going upstream the Colorado to the Little Colorado confluence. What is the Little Colorado River? Most people haven't heard about that.
2: It's basically dry ninety uh, percent of the year, and right now uh, they had plenty of rain out here. And as we were coming out on I forty, we noticed that there was water actually flowing under I-40 for, for the little Colorado. And usually when water does flow there, it becomes very muddy. And when it reaches the, the regular Colorado, it kind of muddies it up. And the, where they meet, that's a, a favorite place of all the rafters to stop you know, and let people play around in the Because the water normally would be a turquoise color, but it's going to be kind of muddy this time. So we might see some rafters.
0: And of all the trips you guys have taken, there is another tradition every year. Tim, maybe you can jump in on this because you've experienced it. I've experienced it. What is waiting for you at the rim when you finally finish your hike five days from now?
3: Well, traditionally, there would be a cold beverage and some lunch.
0: (laughs) Cold beverage. Are you talking like Sprite? (laughs)
3: That's
0: not what I got, no. No, It was pretty funny that uh, when we came out, these guys got it all figured out, and they left either a case or a 12-pack of beer in the car. And it was same. you always go at the same time of the year. That's probably a question I should ask, too. But in the morning, it was like near freezing at the rim. So that morning we came out, it was near freezing at the rim, so that beer is cold by the time you get out. And I'm not a big beer guy, but I'll tell you what, after doing that experience, that cold beer tasted really good. (laughs)
1: Well, actually, we we have now, we go with a motorhome, and our friends Tom and Janet Conley have that, and they meet us at the top, so it's in the refrigerator, and it's ready for us.
0: (laughs) Haven't they done the hike once or twice before, too?
1: No, they've gone on the trip, but they don't do the hike. Actually, they they do. If we come up the um, Bright Angel Trail, they'll come down the trail a little ways, and meet us at the at the one and a half mile rest stop on our way out, with the refreshments.
0: Yes, the sprites. All right. Well, guys, hope you get good weather for this trip. And I know Tim, it's going to be great to join these guys again, having experienced it. There's nothing like it I've ever done in my life. Hope the weather is uh, really good for what you're doing today. And the plan is that the day after you guys get out, you'll check in with me because by the time you get out, it'll be the afternoon around here, and I'm off probably doing my own little hikes. Of the hop river or the airline trails around here so looking forward to getting the report on that and uh, have yourself all a great time thank you Wayne. Hey, Wayne. thank you so long guys as there is charlie bender jim bender and tim wentworth about ready to engage on a hike down the tanner trail to the colorado river and then back up five days from now